going to be reading out of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 56, 1 to 8, and then I'm going to read another verse from, just one verse from the book of Acts. Follow along with me as I read. Thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come and my righteousness will be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, behold, I'm a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. And a reading from the book of Acts. On the first day of the week, when we gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Let's sing the doxology together. Amen. You may be seated. So there was a, a very contentious holy day this past week. Uh, holy day, another, way for, another word for holy day is just holiday. That's where we get the word holiday from. And uh, that contentious holy day, of course, was Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day, as um, some municipalities are starting to call, call that day. Um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a controversial a day in our, our wider culture, in our nation, uh, but even more specifically in the city of Philadelphia. And I don't know if you, you know about this, but uh, for, ye for years, decades now, there's always been an Italian-American parade the, we the weekend before Columbus Day um, because it's kind of like, you know, Italian celebration weekend because Columbus himself was uh, Genoese. He was from, from Italy. And uh, the mayor would always come on the weekend uh, to the to the Italian American parade for decades, uh, you know the the white mayors, the black mayors, they would show up, and this year was the first time uh, that uh, Mayor Kenny or, or some constellation of the government they moved the Broad Street run, run, which is usually in May, to this weekend, and it was the first year in a long, long, long time that a a mayor was not at the Italian American parade, and he had a good reason not to be. And it's, it's just kind of like this battleground between the, the, the city and the Italian-American community, like in South Philly. And of course, there are lots of really uh, important, intense cultural issues tied up in, in, this, in the, the question of, of Columbus Day. 
And I, I bring all this up just to say, feasts and festivals and how we spend our time uh, corporately as a people is like, it's not just a thing that ancient people thought about uh, or thought was important, uh, but it's something that continues with us today. It's when people gather together to celebrate something, uh, they remember, people, of people, they remember who they are, what they stand for, a people like their identity is almost renewed. And, um, and, uh, and you can see how that's pu- pulling in both sides of this really, this really intense cultural debate. Uh, the, the quickest way to reveal what's transcendent in a culture is to observe rituals that occur across time, especially corporate rituals. Um, so this is another way of saying, like, Columbus Day is kind of at the center of almost a religious conflict in our culture. It's, a question, it's, it's like a question of who are we? Um, and it's, and th- this importance of, like, rituals across time, like revolutionaries and conquerors throughout history, they've num- known this, that if you ever want to destroy or replace or change or call reform a culture, like, if you ever want to do that, what are you going to do? You need to, to change how people view time how people practice things corporately over time. And what I'm going to talk about today is the, is the connection biblically between time and worship, ritualized, ongoing corporate practices of, of worship that happen across time. Um, so I'm going to, the, and the, point, the, the main point I'm going to give you guys today is that when we gather here on Sunday mornings, uh, New creation, God's new creation, breaks into an old and dying world um, through, through, as, we, as we remember and celebrate and look to Jesus, and look, remember his resurrection. So in order to get there, I'm going to spend some time doing some, some work um, on the left half of our Bibles in the Old Testament and work our way into build a bit of a foundation and eventually then talk about the resurrection. Let's talk about Saturday, then Sunday, and then I'll have some applications for us. So, uh, the, in the Bible, in, in the Old Testament, there are all these different rhythms of time, rituals across time. There's some guidance on how to approach a day, like a, a good psalm for a morning, a psalm for the evening. There are commandments about uh, how to, a, a ritual gathering that should be happening once a week called the Sabbath, which I'll be talking about a lot here in a sec. Uh, there's also monthly rhythms. Uh, there are three annual festivals that are outlined in, in the Old Testament, and there are even uh, commands to, to have certain kinds of gatherings or certain kind of things that happen every seven years or even every 50 years. So like the, in, the, in the Old Testament, everywhere from a day to every 50 years, there's kind of this expectation of things happening on a regular basis and it, all kinds of different things. But all of these, the most significant rhythm in the Old Testament is the weekly rhythm of the Sabbath. Uh, the, the, uh, and the ancient Israeli culture was kind of unique in introducing this way of thinking about time in the ancient world um, in uh, orders of seven. Uh, but on the first page of the Bible, there's an order of seven, and there's because there are seven days of creation. In Genesis 1 through the beginning of Genesis 2, God creates all the world, sees that it's good in day one through six, and on day seven, it says at the beginning of Genesis 2, he rested. And it tells us that early on from page two of the Bible that God, because he rested, he set apart that day, the seventh day, uh, as holy. And the seventh day is, and this is similar in our calendars even to now, the seventh day was Saturday. And the, the Jewish people, they, they've been practicing Sabbath on Saturdays for a long, 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 long time. And the, as the, the Bible goes on, the Sabbath just becomes a bigger and bigger deal in the Old Testament. 
in the Ten Commandments, the next book of the Bible over. Uh, the Sabbath is the commandment right in the middle. It's the fourth out of ten. It's also the commandment that takes up the most space. There are the most words in that commandment of the Ten Commandments. And uh, the, the people of Israel, they're commanded to, to rest. That's the main, that's what Sabbath mainly means, just cease. To rest from work as God rests from work. But they're also commanded to, uh, you know, remember, look to God's creation of the world. They're, they're called to remember their salvation from, from Egypt, which happened earlier in the book of Exodus. Uh, and and as, as the Old Testament develops, there's, there's also more and more things built on of how, there's, how people are to gather. And by the time that Jesus was walking around, the, the, around the Mediterranean world, there would be gatherings on, the, on Saturdays, the Sabbath day, where there would be reading of Scripture and all, all kinds of other things. They're called to rest, to remember, to worship. They're called to look back to what God has done, look forward to the world that is to come, and also to rest in the present. And um, we see a, a flowering of like this, this Sabbath uh, theology in Isaiah 56, the passage that we, we read today. And you can see this even in the Old Testament. The, 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 there's some connection between the practicing of the Sabbath, which is commanded a few times in the passage we just read, and how it's a place where God's future, God's life of hope and renewal, how it breaks into a world. It's a place where the impossible happens. Uh, let me, and let me point out in the passage where I'm seeing this. Uh, th there are two main people groups that are described in this passage in Isaiah 56. Foreigners and eunuchs. And these are two people that are, are outside in a number of, of different ways. Uh, the, the foreigners, it, the foreigners are, are people who, um, according to Old Testament law, they wouldn't have been allowed into the holy places. Uh, they would have had to stay on the outside. But what does is, what is Isaiah 56 say? He, he commends, like, for those of you who've, who keep my covenant and practice my Sabbaths, what will, what will happen with the foreigners? They'll be welcomed in. I will bring them to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. The impossible, the foreigners who are on the outside, the impossible happens. They're brought in. They're brought to the place of holiness where God dwells. Oh, what about, about the eunuch? And the language is, is uh, if you caught this, it, it's just kind of, right there, verses 3 to 5, the eunuchs. So eunuchs, what is the, the complaint of the eunuch in, in uh, verse 3? He says, I'm a dry tree, which is, uh, that is what it sounds like. It's, uh, it's uh, eunuchs that have had certain uh, organs cut off. It says they can't be fruitful. They can't have children. And, and what, it, what is the Lord promised to the eunuchs, to those who keep his Sabbaths? The impossible. He says, to you, I will give in my house and within my walls, a monument, I'll give you a name, better than sons and daughters. There's this, this, this connection, like, as they practice the Sabbath, as they rest, as they, they, they uh, gather together with God, God like, there, there's something through that that the impossible happens for the eunuch, for the foreigner, the people who you would least expect. This is what we see in Isaiah 56. So that's day, that's day seven, Saturday, according to the, the Old Testament. Continuing on our Bibles, as we move into the New Testament, this really shocking thing happens. Uh, with Jesus, you know, after Jesus comes to us in his life, his death, Jesus dies, and on the third day he rises again. And the, the day that Jesus rises from the dead, considering the significance of day seven, of Saturday, 
One would expect it, that to be the day that he rises from the dead. But Jesus rises from the dead on Sunday, which is, it's not, it's, it's not day seven, it's day eight. Or maybe even better put, a new day one. Recall again the, the seven days of creation. That God created the world in six days, rested on the seventh. So what about an eighth day or a first day? Through Jesus' resurrection, God is making the world new. What is dead, dying, broken, decaying, sinful, is being overtaken by King Jesus and his new life. Day one, like Jesus rising on Sunday, is the day one of a new creation. And there, it's, it's hugely significant. And, and it's, it's hugely significant that we now worship on Sundays. Um, and the weight of the, old, of the Old Testament Sabbath, a lot of the weight of it, uh, the, the, the gathering together, the remembering, the looking forward to, to God's future, a lot of the weight of it shifts from Saturdays onto Sundays. And, the, and we, we see this throughout the New Testament. Uh, the, the, I just read the, the, the one verse from Acts chapter 20. I didn't read the, that verse just so you pardon me for having a, a sermon that doesn't go until midnight like Paul did. Uh, but because it, it notes that the Christians were gathering on the first day, the Sunday, like from the, from the earliest documents we can see that the, the Christians were, they would go to the synagogue on Sabbath, on Saturday, um, and they would be talking about Jesus there. They'd be going through, they, they would partake in a number of the rituals, but then the Christians themselves would gather on their own on Sundays. And we see this in, in early church sources too. Within a hundred years of the apostles' death, Sunday is being referred to as the Lord's Day, a day to gather together, to confess, to have thanksgiving, to read scripture, uh, to listen to Paul talk until midnight, uh, to break bread, which is communion, which is what we still do, to say prayers, to practice from the very beginning of the church, meeting on, on Sundays because of the significance of Jesus' resurrection. New creation breaks into a dying world when Jesus' followers gather together on Sunday mornings. And I, I don't want to like, this may sound like an overstatement, but looking back on the resurrection, I don't think it is. God transforms the world each week through the gathered assembly of his people. And I a couple, so a, a couple points about like what, what this means for us now. I want to make some points about on being here and uh, quick points on not being here on Sunday mornings. First off, on, on being here, I point you guys to uh, a word that we, we talk about sometimes as a staff team, expectancy. Like I just said, when we gather here on Sundays, Sunday mornings, God renews us. This new creation work, it happens in us. It happens... Um, and each of us individually, and us corporately, he makes there there ways that he bring, breathes new life into us, um, new resurrection life, and uh, it's and it's so, it's such a remarkable thing that's like through ordinary things like uh, like music, and I sometimes even think about this. We had a baptism last week, like the the administration of of water, the eating of of bread and drinking of wine. God makes his people new every week. In, in powerful ways. The re that resurrection life comes to us. Remember again the eunuch and the foreigner. 
how the impossible happens. God promises the impossible to happen for these. The eunuch to have a family um, through, uh, the, through keeping the Sabbaths, through, which is you know the, the Old Testament version of, of what we're doing now through gathering together to worship Jesus and remember his resurrection. If you viewed Sunday mornings as that, if you, had the, if you had the faith to view Sunday mornings as a place where there's God's new creation life comes to you, where he sustains you, restores you, heals you, blesses you, surprises you. If you believe that, how would you, how would your iCal look different? Uh, how would your preparation through earlier in the week for this day look different? How would your Sundays be different? If we together, and I'm like the, the, first, the first offender here, like if we've had the faith to view our Sunday mornings, our gathering together in this way. And I'll just say, like, I know it doesn't feel this way a lot of the time. Um, and it's a struggle to come here on Sunday mornings. Like, I, uh, I have two toddlers, uh, ages two and one. And I, I lately actually haven't been doing work to, to get them here. My wife's been doing all that work by herself um, because she's a saint, but uh, the weeks when I do do that, it's, it's just like such a struggle to just get out the door and get here, and I'm thankful I'm at an age where my kids really enjoy coming to church. That probably won't last for forever, um, and uh, it's early in the morning. 9 a.m. is early in the morning. There, there, are, there are reasons that, that many of us, it's, it's, it's a struggle to be somewhere ready to go on a, at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning, um, and I also know it doesn't feel this way, like, from the back end. Like, I've, I've been on staff at this church now for a number of years. Like, I know the sausage is made. It's not always, like, super amazing. There, there's not, like, some, there's not, like, a, a mystical levitating caused by the Holy Spirit that's, like, uniting us together. Like, it, it's not always magical. It's a struggle. It doesn't always feel amazing. Um, but I, I think what I would tell you today is that the, that struggle, um, thinking of uh, th- those of you who have kids like me, those of you who nine eight who just yeah getting here on a Sunday morning is tough. Like I think that the struggle is part of the formation. Uh, the the way that that God tends to change people is through doing things that are hard, frequently over a long period of time, uh, l- little things. Um, and I think that actually like the the struggle facing the struggle, uh, discipling our kids in the struggle of doing something that maybe we don't want to do but something that is good for us that God calls us to, that maybe actually that is part of us being made into a new creation people, the people who we're supposed to be, are the people who, who struggle together on the path that leads to life. Um, and just like a, a little like snapshot of this from, from my own story now, um, I grew up in a Christian home, thinking about the struggle. Uh, I grew up in a, my, both my father and mother were uh, followed Jesus, uh, when I was, and you may not, be able, may not be able to tell this looking at me, but I, I used to be like a pretty like high-flying basketball player, loved playing basketball like in uh, late elementary, middle school, high school. And uh, I was uh, like good enough that, you know, that there were travel teams that I needed to be signing up for. There were uh, leagues that I needed to be, be a part of and, and things like that. And my, my parents, it was, and it was right around the time, I was like sixth, seventh grade was around the time that a lot of these leagues began realizing they're like, hey, uh, you know a time that's open for a lot of these kids is Sunday mornings. And the le- whole league started to be scheduled for Sunday mornings. And uh, my parents 
they, uh, I think it was when I was in seventh grade, they actually said, they, they said no to me playing in a whole league uh, because they, want, they wanted to build some walls around Sunday morning worship. And I think of the things I missed out on. Actually, really important things. Like, I was, uh, like, kids are socialized playing sports, and uh, you, don't know, you didn't know me when I was in seventh grade, but I needed that socializing. Um, it's, it's also just like a good exercise and discipline for, for kids and like bonding together with, with other kids, learning to follow a coach and, um, and also building confidence. Like I said, I, you know, I was good at it. Like it was a confidence builder for me and, uh, they said no to it so that I could go to church. And I didn't, I didn't always love going to church. I wasn't as bad. My siblings hated it more than I did, but, uh, my parents would bring us to church even though we didn't want to. They faced the struggle. And, uh, and I can say now, as a 31-year-old, you know, looking back many, many, looking back, not many, looking back years in the past, I'm, uh, I'm really, really grateful that my parents faced that struggle. Um, and they also would have been alienated from their own peers. Like, there were hard conversations they had with other parents who wanted me on the, that league's basketball team. Um, so they, they set themselves apart as weirdos. Uh, and they had to deal with us, you know, Sunday morning, day in, day out, uh, when we didn't want to go and we're complaining. Um, but just facing that struggle uh, with grace week in, week out, like, I've, it really formed me in ways that I wouldn't trade for anything. Certainly not doing another basketball league. Um, sometimes God makes us into new creations through a patient endurance, seeking Jesus in the struggle. Um, so that's a, that's a word on being here, expectancy, facing the struggle. And I'll close here on some words on like what this means if Sunday mornings are the place where like new creation life comes to us through the, the breaking of bread, through the fellowship of the saints, through sing, like that God, that Jesus' resurrection life comes to us in a unique way. What, is, what, are the, what do we risk by not being here? Um, I have a... A good friend of mine had a, a family member of his pass away a few years ago, and um, the family member, he passed away de- uh, uh, many years before he should have. Um, he kind of let his, um, he would eat too much, and, and he let himself, let himself go. He wouldn't communicate well with his family, even though his family reached out to him a lot. Um, and he was, he was in a dark place in a lot of ways and wasn't connecting with his family. And uh, at the, the funeral, which I went to, was just talking to my friend about his family member's life, and my friend was like, he, my family member, he wasn't, he wasn't outright suicidal. Um, he didn't want to actually harm himself, uh, but then my friend can't coin this, this phrase, and it's really helpful. He's, he's like, but he was passively suicidal. He was kind of letting himself die. He was, he was removing himself from sources of life regularly. Um, I want to say this as, with like as gentle and lowly of a heart as we know Jesus has for us, towards us who are weak and those who are, who are sinners. But if you neglect to gather here together on Sunday mornings, you are being passively suicidal with your faith. Um, you are allowing it to die. And, and I'll end here. If you want to be of the world, if you want to be like the world, let the world dictate to you how to spend your Sundays. Um, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.